Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Last week, the Holy Spirit uh, really impressed upon me to talk about living with an attitude of gratitude and to always give thanks. To always find a reason to give thanks. So easy to be overwhelmed by the negativity and all that is happening in our world that we stop saying thank you. Two little words that mean so much. Sometimes people that employ us, people in our lives, our parents, we are grateful toward them, but do we ever voice those two little words, thank you, which actually says everything that I do not take you for granted. I think we're living in a time, and I'll show you from the Word of God that the culture of the day is a culture of unholiness and unthankfulness where people don't know how to thank anybody for anything and people don't know how to thank God. And I'll say it again, you may be facing a great challenge. One of our beautiful families sitting here today uh, just went through one of the worst challenges ever and I wept with them, still weep with them. And the fact that they're here today is a testimony of the love they have for God because sometimes life can be brutal. And uh, I just want to say that we always, no matter what, in the good, in the bad times, have to return to the author and the bishop of our salvation. And after weeping is over and not everything is going to make sense, we have to choose to stay in God's presence and say, Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. You always have to find a reason to give thanks. There are people sitting in wheelchairs this morning that don't have legs. We have one of them, Jared in Bloemfontein. He praises God on his wheelchair. He was a Springbok gymnast, went on a holiday, dove in a lagoon, broke his neck, paralyzed from his neck down. In church every Sunday, praising God on his wheelchair. I'm sure when he looks at some of us, he thinks if I had them legs, my English this morning, I'd be praising God, I'd be dancing, I'd be clapping my hands, but he cannot clap his hands, but he can rejoice on his wheelchair. Come on, child of God, give the Lord praise for something. I don't know what you are facing, but give God praise for something. Come on, you have a voice. There are blind people who cannot see. There are deaf people who cannot hear. There are people today in a hospital fighting for their lives. You've got a reason to be grateful and to be thankful in Jesus' name. Amen. You have a, a, a roof over your head. It may not be a mansion and uh, you have food in your belly or maybe not, but you have to be thankful for the little that you have in Jesus' name. In 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 18, the Bible says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the Spirit. When we become ungrateful, we quench God's work in our lives. Ephesians 5 verse 18 to 20. And I'll say this also, we move into deep depression when we lose our thankful spirit. 
Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18 and 20 the Bible says and be not drunk with wine in which is dissipation as by a vein but you go home drunk drown your sorrows he says but be filled with the spirit how speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, I, I spoke to somebody recently that had a job offer for somebody for 35,000. Now this is somebody that disqualified three-year education and then the person pulled his nose up for the job because 35,000 rand was not enough. And I thought, buddy, you better wake up. If God gives you any opportunity, you need to take that opportunity and you need to be thankful. You need to get rid of that entitlement mentality. Thank God for your daily bread. Come on. Thank God for the car that you drive. Thank God for your parents. Stop criticizing them. Thank God for South Africa. Thank God that we still have freedom of worship in South Africa. There's a lot of things we can be thankful for this morning in Jesus' name. Say Amen. Hallelujah. I know you don't feel like it. We all face challenges on different levels. And I just want to say that in your darkest valley, you have to find a glimmer of hope. When life knocks you down, you have to, in that moment of crisis or tragedy, make up your mind to look up and not give up. May not understand everything, we never will. But I'll tell you, God is faithful. And I'll tell you, when I get to heaven, I have a lot of questions I'm gonna ask Jesus, amen. How many of you agree with me this morning, okay? But we don't quit while we are down here. It makes us more determined, as a matter of fact, to save people and to get people to heaven. Because when death takes a loved one away, we know that that person is the presence of Jesus. It's the only comfort we have. Doesn't make the pain easier, but it's the comfort that we have that Paul said, death, where is your sting? We do not weep as those without hope. We do not sorrow as those who have no understanding. We know that though we are separated, that in a moment we will be together forever and ever again. So you're gonna see your mom one day, your dad, your mother-in-law, okay, if she's saved, you're gonna see your child, like David said, he cannot come to me, but one day I'm gonna go to him. So we rejoice in the victory of Christ. We give thanks for what Jesus has done. We refuse to lose our attitude of gratitude. We used to sing a little song, and Greg will remember, because he's a charismatic as long as I am saved, little songs that were not as complicated as today count your blessings name them one by one well i can sing that that's about all count your blessings because it's so easy to focus on the one thing that is wrong that we stop seeing everything else that is right in our lives when we go to bed and we toss and we turn thank god for what you have. Thank God for the little that you have. Count your blessing. 
As David says in Psalm 103 verse 1 to 5, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Because it's He that forgives all my iniquities. He heals all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagle. He says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Listen, to be thankful is a choice. We have to practice thankfulness. We have to get up out of bed every day and not say, good Lord, morning. We should say, good morning, Lord. This is the day that you have made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I know I'm facing challenges, but God, I want to start this day and I want to say to you, thank you. Thank you for all that you are. Thank you for all that you have done. Thank you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you for the times that you have protected me. Oh, come on, somebody. Give the Lord a, a, a sacrifice of thanksgiving in this place this morning. It's a long weekend. So you can praise God. Because when we lose our giving of thanks, we enter a place of ingratitude and forgetfulness. And we are sending a signal to our Heavenly Father that He is not a good Father. Think about the children in your home, the estate children especially. How often do they come and say, thank you, Mommy, thank you, Daddy. We need to teach our children to say thank you for the little things. Not complain about the food that you give them, but thank you for the food that you give them. May not be what they want, but it's what the dietitian said they need. So they need to learn to appreciate the little things. We have to learn to appreciate the fact that we can see color, the fact that we can smell, the fact that we can think, the, the fact that we can make decisions, the fact that we are still alive, we're not in the grave, therefore we can praise God. So come on, we are going to have an attitude adjustment in this place today, and we're gonna put aside the attitude of ingratitude, and we are gonna thank God for the things that we have forgotten about. That child that has robbed you up the wrong way, thank God for that boy and for that boy's salvation. That employer, he's paying your salary. Stop talking about him and begin to thank God for the person who pays your bills. Begin to thank God for the little that you have in Jesus' name. Come on, say amen. You know, when I did mission work in Botswana for three years, I found the most appreciative people had the least. We'd get to a village, Matopi, Makalamabedi, Kumaha, did mission work, lived in a little tent, preached, had revival, um, saw many signs, wonders, witches, witch doctors delivered. One of the chief's little girls who died, what God did in that situation. Um, and I saw happy people. I saw people that had very little. They would just live in a hut, had a few goats, and they were happy. They would come to the crusade meetings and their faces would be beaming, just grateful to be alive, grateful that they have food, grateful that they can wake up every morning with sunrise and go to bed at sunset. Now you think it's a boring life, 
But look how you've lost your joy and your peace in your pursuit of happiness, whatever that is. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses, but in doing the will of God. And we just read, giving thanks to God is doing the will of God. We have to stop dictating and expecting that God has to do this and this and this and change our minds and just say, God, you are good. I love you. Your mercy endures forever. Thank you that you saved me. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the blood. Thank you that I'm born again. Thank you that I'm heaven bound. Thank you that I am free. Oh, come on, South Africa. Come on, Johannesburg. Stand on your feet in that great church this morning and give the Lord a sacrifice of thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I know business may not be as it was or should be, but thank God you still have a business. I know your marriage is not what it should be, but thank God you still have a marriage. I I know that your children are not perfect, but thank God you have children. I know you may have a health challenge, but thank God you're still alive. Say amen this morning. If you actually go write a list of things to be thankful for, you will see it. it, it, It's a much longer list than the one or two things that is stealing your joy and your peace. That's why you have to count your blessings. Name them, write them, count them. And I'll tell you something beautiful is going to begin to happen when you change your outlook and your attitude and you stop focusing on the one or two challenges you have. You are going to see how your mind is going to change. Your attitude is going to change. Those weights are going to be lifted from you. That depressive spirit is going to be lifted from you. And the next minute you're going to find your hands in the air and you're just going to say for all that you've done, I want to thank you, Jesus, for all that you're going to do. I want to thank you, Jesus. You are the same yesterday, today and forever. You delivered me you will deliver me in the future. You are my provider, my caregiver, my caretaker. You are my rock. You are my fortress. I praise you. You are the living God in Jesus' name. Come on. Some of you feel you have no reason to give thanks. You have reason to give thanks that God saved you. God washed you in His blood. The Bible says rejoice for your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Come on. I'll say it again. Thankfulness It's something we have to practice every day of our lives. The culture of today is one of ingratitude. Listen to the story and I'll get back to my scripture and start my message. Warren Worsley illustrates the problem of how unthankful people have become in today's society. Now this is back in the 1800 years. He told about a ministerial student in Evanston, Illinois, who was part of a life-saving squad In 1860, a ship went around on shore in Lake Michigan near Evanston and Edward Spencer waded again, again and again into the frigid waters to rescue 17 of those passengers and in the process, he damaged his health irreparably, permanently damaged. A few years later, he goes to a hospital, he dies and at his funeral, it is noted that not one of those he rescued showed up or ever gave thanks. He gave his life to save them and not one of them came back to thank him. Well, what about Jesus? In Luke chapter 17, he addresses this. 
that we have to retain the attitude of gratitude and not take for granted what God does in our lives and appreciate all the blessings, no matter how small, how big. Luke 17 verse 11 to 19, the Passion Translation, the Bible says on His way to Jerusalem, Jesus passed through the border region between Samaria and Galilee and He entered the village. Ten men appeared, approached Him, but they kept their distance for they were lepers. They shouted to Him, Mighty Lord, our wonderful Master. Watch now, they were in need. So their worship sounds right. Won't you have mercy on us and heal us? They came to Jesus out of need. And when Jesus stopped to look at them, He spoke these words. Go be examined by the Jewish priests. And they set off and they were healed. And while walking along the way, one of them, one of them, a Samaritan, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus, shouting our joyous praises and glorifying God. I mean, sometimes people come and it's like they're shell-shocked because people are shouting out their joyous praises. Hey, people say, well, I never see Jesus shouting like that. Well, you read your Bible, you see everybody Jesus touched shouted their praises to God. Come on, if you are here today and God has done something for you, just be a radical praiser this morning. Shout your praise to God. Come on. So when he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet. Remember, ten, ten came and worshipped him in need. One returns to thank him after his need is met. Sad. Ten touched, blessed, healed, delivered, saved. One returns to give thanks. And he thanked him over and over. So you are the Messiah, he said. So, this is Jesus talking, where are the other nine? Where are those I healed three years ago? Where are those I rescued 10 years ago? Where are those that used to be on fire in church, not missing a Sunday? Where are those when they wanted to break through, they came to church every single Sunday and prayed? until I touch them and bless them. I sometimes say it, and I know people don't like it, but I think sometimes people don't need their total breakthrough because I've seen too many, when they get too blessed, they, their hearts depart from God. 37 years as a pastor, seen God do miracles, miraculous things. How God has taken people from nowhere. How God has taken people out of the ashes. How God has taken people out of squatter camps. Today they're billionaires. How God has healed people that were at the point of death. And at some stage they forget. And they stop returning. And they stop worshipping. Then I think that blessing has become a curse. Because while they needed God to deliver them or God to bless them. They were pursuing God. They did not sit 
somewhere, and I'm not criticizing all our beautiful people on holiday this long weekend. We miss you. I know you'll all be back in church next week. In churches everywhere, and you are watching the service, so I'm not criticizing you. It's good to have time with your family. But to be out of church every second week, to be out of church three Sundays a week, because suddenly you've got money, you've got a farm, you've got a house, you've got a this, you've got a that. Hey, buddy, that blessing is messing you up. He's stealing your thankfulness. He's stealing your gratitude from the living God. Are you listening to me this morning in Jesus' name? So Jesus says, so where are the other nine? Now don't think about those who are backslidden this morning. Think about yourself. It's, 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 it's one of the things that baffles my mind, but it shouldn't because you watch the Old Testament. Now every time Israel is caught in, uh, uh, when they're in bondage, and they in slavery, God comes and He delivers them. And God says, now just remember me. Why in the world is it so difficult for humans to remember the living God? God says, I will deliver you. I will bring you out from your burdens. I will bless you. I will do this. I, the only thing God asks in the Old Testament and in the New Testament is that you remember Him, that you honor Him, that you love Him more than anything else. He says, I'll do anything for you. I'll give you houses you did not build. I'll, I'll give you cities you did not fight for. I'll bless you over and above. He asks one thing from you, He says, is that you will remember me and that you will return to honor and to worship me. Because my brother and my sister, the day we stop returning is the day we stopped remembering that God is our source and that God is our Messiah and that God is what it's all about, that we are here for the glory and the honor of God. Can somebody say amen this morning in Jesus' name? So, I mean, Jesus is a bit shocked, not shocked, but uh, perplexed. No, not perplexed, because that means puzzled, bewildered. He's not going to be puzzled or bewildered. Jesus just says it. What? Did I not save 10 of you? Did I not heal 10 of you? Did I not bless 10 of you? Did I not heal your marriage? Save your business from bankruptcy? Save your children from drugs? Did I not do all these things for you? And now that you're on your feet, you go your merry way. Now I tell you, let your friends go their merry way. Let your family go their merry way. But you, my brother, you, my sister, you make up your mind to be the one that returns. Every Sunday, you come to the house of God. Every Sunday, you bring those children to the house of God. Every Sunday, you come to worship and give thanks. And remember, all I have comes from God. It is God's goodness and God's grace. Not a religion. But the church is a memorial. The church is a place of sacrifice. That's why we bring our tithe and offering. That's why honoring God with our tithe and offering, not our tithes. Some Afrikaners come and see. So they say tithes. Tithes. We don't need your tithes. Okay. So, uh, why do we tithe? Why do we bring our offerings or give your bigger than a tithe under grace because you don't believe in tithing and then you should give more than those under the law because you claim it's under the law because grace puts you higher than law ever can. So you should do more. When we get our paycheck, our salary, and we take the portion to honor God with our first fruits, not our leftovers, we say exactly what God says in Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 18. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is He that gives you the power to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant. So every time I bring my tithe, it's an act of worship. 
I worship God with my first fruits. I worship God. I honour God. I come to say thank you, Father, for my job. You gave me this job. You gave me the power. You gave me this. You. I acknowledge God with my giving, with my sacrifice, with my praise. You know, it's easy to say, God, I love you. It's another thing to get your salary and to say, the first 10% belongs to God. Now that costs you something, right? Well, it cost God everything to save you. He gave His Son. That's why this journey in following Christ will always be a journey of sacrifice, a journey of remembrance, a journey where we return to honour God, to put Him first, to give Him preeminence in our lives. He never becomes by the way, like so many people in this world is, are advocating, that you don't need a church, you don't need to do anything. You, are, you can just mind your own business. Well, you won't find that anywhere in the Bible. God is very structured and He builds His house. And remember the way we serve Him down here will determine eternity. So nine came when they needed God. When their need was met, they never came back. How sad. But this one returned. And I love what this Passion Translation says. He thanked God over and over. Question, can we ever thank Him enough? For salvation, for deliverance, for forgiveness. Can we ever thank Him enough? And then sometimes we want to reduce God to our level of manipulation and control. And we don't esteem Him as God. Recognizing all we have comes from Him. The girl you met in church that's now your wife should be with you in church every Sunday worshiping God. When God blesses you with children, you need to bring those little blessings into the house of God and raise the next generation because that is you saying, thank you God for giving me this child. Not you go sit at home, you give thanks to God for all that He has done. Can you say amen this morning? So he says, where are the other nine? Were there not 10 who were healed? They all listened to the word refused, choice to return and give thanks. Every time you come to church, it is a choice. Every time you say thank you, it is a choice. Every time you give your tithe and your offering, it's a choice of worship. It's a choice of remembrance. Every time, no matter how small, but I'll tell you, you want peace, you want God's, presence to abide upon you, then giving thanks is a good place to start. When you pray, thanksgiving should be at the center of your prayer. The Bible says, I will enter His gates with thanksgiving. I will enter His courts with praise. We come to church every Sunday again and again and again until we go home to be with the Lord, to say thank you in the assembly of the upright, to praise God and to thank God for all that God has done for us. In Psalm 135 verse 18, He says, I will give thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. I will enter your gates with thanksgiving. I will enter your courts with praise. I will be thankful unto you, God, and I will bless your name. Say amen in Jesus' name. It's a tragedy when Christians so easily forget. It's a tragedy in our world today 
that people cannot say thank you. Think about you as the boss of that company. How many people ever, ever thank you for the salary you pay them? Oh, they complain it's not enough, but 40% unemployment. Hello? You change your attitude. You say thank you. You begin to say thank you. Those two words should be the words that come out of your mouth more than anything else. When that person puts petrol in your car, look in his eyes and say, thank you. When we have load shedding and we have all these masterpieces that are orchestrating and controlling the traffic, make sure at one time to take a hundred rand note and put it in that man's hands and say, thank you, because he doesn't have to do it. He's making your life easier. Let's not complain. Let's notice what people are doing. Let's notice the good around us. Let's notice the grace of God. Notice the blessings in our life. Then you're going to see the colors that you see will change. The song in your heart will change. Come on, be a person of gratitude. Be a person that thanks and not criticizes in Jesus' name. That was Israel's problem. Even after God delivered them, they murmured and they complained. They never thanked Him. Thank you, Father, for delivering us out of the house of bondage. They complained. They murmured. They never just took a moment to say thank you. Nothing was just good enough. So when God gave them manna from heaven, they complained. Then God said, I'm going to give you so much bright place, so much meat, that it's going to come out of your nostrils. And He blessed them and they complained. Then they wanted sweet water. God said, I'll make water flow out of the rock. And they complained. Then they were cold at night and God put a pillar of fire there and they complained. They complained and complained. And then God said, enough. All these people do are complain. They're an ungrateful generation. Let's not be an ungrateful generation. Let's count our blessings and thank God. Come on, somebody. Give the Lord praise and thanks today in Jesus' name. Even with your heart broken, open your mouth today and say, Father, I don't understand, but I want to thank you that you are good and your mercy endures forever. Some of you have been fighting battles for 20 years. I'm telling you, you don't lose your praise. You don't lose your, your thanksgiving. You don't lose your worship. You don't live a life of worry. You keep your hands in the air. And you start every day, as I said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for the day. Thank you for the sunrise. Thank you, I can see the stars. Thank you, I can smell the roses. Thank you for the life that I have. Thank you for my dog. Thank you for my cat. Thank you for everything I have in Jesus' name. Say amen in Jesus' Because when we stop giving thanks, we, 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 we fall into this bit of negativity and uh, unappreciativeness. Is there a word like that? I have to make one every Sunday, like God. He says that it is. Unappreciative. We don't appreciate nothing. Eventually, nothing is good enough. When you started out 10,000, you were happy. Now you earn 100,000 rand, you can't give God your tithe because your tax is too much. You prayed for God to start a business while you were earning 30,000 rand. Now you make 3 million rand a month and you can't honor God with your tithe because you have a tax problem. I would like your tax problem. Two times when it's difficult to give, when it's a little and when it's a lot. 
That's why Jesus said that widow that brought the two mites, she gave more than you all. Because she had a little and she gave out of the little she had. But those who had much never did the same. Don't let money rule your life. Don't let the riches that God bless you with take you away from God. Don't let your pursuit of wealth steal your love for Jesus Christ. One way to stay close to Jesus is to count the cost. Like when God came to Abram and He said, give me your son, that son that you love, your only son. What did uh, uh, Abram do? He rose early in the morning. Why? Because he couldn't sleep, number one. And number two, if he was gonna wait longer, he was not gonna obey God. I've learned when God talks to you, you obey Him instantly. You don't go through a reasoning process. You obey God. You worship God. So I wanna say this. Your giving is a huge aspect of your life and a huge part of your worship. Actually, when you study the Old Testament, before people even opened their mouths to sing one song, they would bring their sacrifices and their offerings for days. They would bring their sacrifices and offerings for days before they even entered the temple. Let's not get confused because we never talk about offerings and we do it at the end of the service that it's not a very, very important part of your life, of your worship, your engagement with God where you thank God with His portion, not your portion. It's His. You're not the owner. You're the steward. And to a much is given, much is required. So when God has blessed you, don't be a Jacob. Become an Israel. Stop wheeling and dealing with God. He's not another businessman you can outsmart. You love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. You honor the Lord your God. You give God what is His. You bless the Lord. Come on. You make up your mind to say thank you. You bring your offering. You bring your tithe as an act of worship. And you give God thanks. Because I'll tell you, it matters to God. It matters to God how you offer to Him. I want that to sink in. Now giving is never by the way. Because your, 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 your salary represents your life. So when you bring your offering, your tithe, and if you don't believe in tithing, the more than the tithe, which grace takes you higher. So the people that say, I'm not a tither, I'm not under the law, I'm going to grace. Be careful what you say, because grace takes you higher than the law. Your little argument is abdication of responsibility, which is you're giving nothing. And you feel good about it. No, grace doesn't leave you the way it finds you. Grace takes you to a place of total surrender. Grace takes you to a place of greater commitment than the law ever could. Grace will make you a more generous person than any tither ever could be. So if you say, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace, then let your giving be much more than the law. I love you, um, TBN viewers, TBN Yetu Praise TV. Thanks for being with us this morning. May God bless you and keep you. Amen. Isn't it the fact that we sometimes have arguments to appease our conscience? 
and we seek people to agree with us, to disobey God's Word, and we lose our peace and joy and wonder why. Why is it that in following Christ, we want to see how little we can do and not how much we can do? Why is the conversation always about how little you have to do to make heaven or how little you have to do to be right with God and not the opposite? It's not like God sat in heaven with Jesus, His Son, and the Holy Spirit and Michael and, and Gabriel and Heaven's Committee, whoever they are, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and said, let's see how we can redeem mankind with giving as little as possible. Let's send a third rank angel to die for them. He didn't. Why as human beings do we have that attitude towards God, our Savior and His Kingdom sometimes? And we cause debates that actually expose us that our hearts are far removed from God because the conversation should be how much can we do for God? How much can we offer? How many people can we reach? How much can we worship? What can we do for the poor and for God's kingdom? Not the opposite. God sent His only Son. God sent Christ. God sent everything. He gave everything for your redemption. So when we come in our worship to God, there is no partial surrender. There is no partial sacrifice. There is no partial serving God on my terms. No, I let go and I let God and I worship God and I give Him my best. I give Him the first fruits of my lips. I give Him the first portion of my income. I bless Him because He is worthy. Come on, I return again and again and again. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. Even though I walk through valleys, even when I go through fires, even when life knocks me to the ground, even when my questions are not answered, I don't care. Sometimes you just have to return. You just have to return. You just have to return again and again and again and say thank you. Even when you don't feel like saying thank you, you have to say thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. And not allow your heart to become numb. The Bible says, be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will flood or guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when we face all these concerns and the things we wrestle with, let's not put them at the top of the list. Let's put praise and thanksgiving. And I'll say it again. It's amazing how your demeanor will change. Your walk will change. Your face will change. Your outlook will change. When you become a person that disciplines yourself and, and, and educates yourself to say thank you. When you wake up in the morning, first two words. Not frovar is my coffee. Did I say two words? Those are more than two words. The first words that should come out of your mouth is, throw Mark my coffee. Okay, one person with humor. Go to bed and say thank you. Like this beautiful family, I don't know what to say to you. I really cry with you. I mean it. I mean it. Thank you for being here this morning. I absolutely didn't expect it. I said, I don't want to see you because I'm going to break down and weep because what you've gone through is something nobody wants to go through. 
But thank you for being here this morning. And uh, I don't have answers to you. But I'll tell you somehow God's going to give you grace. And uh, I've been through some things as well. Don't allow the enemy to talk too much. There will be questions. There will be tears and there should be. That's all normal. But in all of that, find a thank you. Thank you. I don't understand nothing, but I'll tell you this. If we choose in the darkest moments of our life to say thank you, and we go through this season mourning, but not without a hope, and with people around you, you will come through this, and the scars will be there forever. That's reality. But even in our worst pain, that's when we say thank you. That's the highest worship you can give God. I love you. I weep with you. But I know there's one way through this. You have to choose to say, Lord, you are good. I don't understand this, but you are good. Amen. Come on. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving, please. I know sometimes we feel like God has failed us and that causes us to stop giving thanks. Sometimes we lose sight of who Jesus is. We get caught up in this world. Like I'm sure those other nine lepers just went on with their life and they never returned. Don't be that. Be the one who returns. Be the one who comes back. Be the one who thanks Him. Every day of your life, find a reason. When you're in the, in, in the lowest pit, even remember Jonah, when he was in the whale's belly, what did he say? I will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving while he was in the belly of the earth. And while that whale those digestive juices tried to destroy him. Three days in that whale's belly. And when he made up his mind to say, I vow to offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, the Lord spoke to the fish and the fish vomited him out. Turn your worry into worship this morning and turn your focus back on all that He has done for you and begin to thank Him. In Jesus' name. Right there where you are this morning, just say thank you for something. Say, 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 say thank you. Say thank you. No matter how big that mountain is, no matter how severe that storm is, you say thank you for all that you've done. We will not forget. We will not forget. We remember your goodness, your promises, your loving kindness, your mercy. We remember all that you have done. You're sitting here this morning, you've maybe never given your life to Jesus.
I'll tell you the love of God's all over this place. And what you feel in your heart is God's love and God's presence. They're in Johannesburg, in Bloemfontein, in Velkom, in all the churches with us this morning. Jesus is one prayer away. And I'll tell you this, that He does care about you. And it doesn't matter what you've done and where you've been. It matters that God loves you so much that He sent His Son 2,000 years ago to die for you. So that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Maybe you've lived a life separated from God. Maybe you've lost your attitude of gratitude for whatever reason. Maybe like the prodigal son, you've wandered away from your father's house. It happens. The father never judged him or condemned him. The father was there every day waiting for his son to come back. And this morning, the father is waiting for many of you to come back. In spite of everything, his arms are open wide. And He's calling you to come back into the presence of Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you this morning before we close the service. You've never given your life to Jesus or maybe at one time you did and you've grown cold and wandered away. Well, this morning you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start. I've lost that love relationship with Jesus. Only God can rekindle that fire, but you have to open your heart and allow Him to. So please, I want to pray with you this morning all over this place. You say, Pastor, that's me. I need a fresh start with God. If that's your desire, they're in Johannesburg, in Bloemfontein, right here in Pretoria. I need a fresh start with God. If that's your heart's cry this morning, then quietly, wherever you are, just raise your hand unashamedly. I want to say a prayer for you quickly, please. Raise it up, raise it up. Just raise it up. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Just raise it up. God bless you, God bless you. Raise it up. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you up there, there. God bless you. God bless you. You be the one that come. You be the one that come. You be the one to come to Jesus this morning. Last time before I pray, you've not yet raised your hand. There's a heaven to gain. There's a hell to shun. In your spirit, there's a stirring this morning. And you know, God is calling you to return to Him as your first love. Before I pray, I'm going to give you one more chance. You've not yet raised your hand. Slip your hand up quickly. Say, include me in that prayer right now. Lift up your hand in Jesus' name. Come on, now, Jesus' name. Thank you. God bless you. Just put your hand on your heart, please. Reach your hands out to these beautiful people. Everybody pray this prayer with me this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I believe you died for my sin. I believe you are the Christ, the Messiah. You paid the price for me. I believe with all my heart, you rose from the grave and you are alive. Today, I repent from all sin and I turn to you. As my Lord and Savior, I ask you to forgive me and to wash me in your precious blood. Thank you. For your grace that saves me today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website 
at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.